If you're over 40 and want to be the best version of yourself, Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence is here to help. Clarence Ferguson is a seasoned loan officer, fitness expert, personal chef, and entrepreneur who leads a revolution of men and women who want to live their best life going into middle age. Inspiring dialogue, challenging topics, and industry leaders are here offering tips and how-tos to improve your life. Now, here's Coach Clarence. What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Clarence, and this is Fit Over 40. This is episode number 69, which is an appropriate title because we have Dr. Patrick Dix in the building, and he is with uh, Dix Consulting, and um, I, as you guys know, I don't like to talk about people and assume what they know, so I let him introduce himself. <laughs> How you doing, Dr. Dixon? Welcome to the show. I'm doing fine. I am Dr. Patrick Dix from South Carolina, all the way out here in Phoenix, Arizona. What do you think so far? I like it. Yeah, it's a little warmer. <laughs> yes, I've been out here before, and uh, okay. I probably will move out here in the next couple of years or purchase right. a home. All right. I love it. So tell everybody what you do. And um, give us a little background, you know, kind of just go through, you know, your, you know, where you started, where you're from and kind of walk everybody through who you are. How you get to being Dr. Dix, <laughs> um, which I'm going to steal your title when you leave, <laughs> just so you know, because that name is great. <laughs> um, I am from a country town. It's called Williston, South Carolina. I grew up on a farm. So tractors, uh, we had um, planting corn, cotton, and my grandfather was a farmer. And my dad got drafted to the Vietnam War in 1969 and uh, went in during the, um, I think, the last part of the Tet Offensive. And he did his time in there, and he met my mother. And they had three of us. I have a brother and a sister, and I'm the youngest out of three. And my dad, after he got back um, from Vietnam, they purchased the auto paint and body business. My dad was a teacher. Okay. So he taught uh, students how to paint cars. And I remember being little, my brother was with us, all just the three of us. And that's how I got my start into probably like engineering and knowing how things work because we were five and six years old putting cars together. And from that point, just um, messing with things, taking them apart, um, I got introduced to computers at about 12 because I'm 37 now. So for 25 years, I've been messing around with computers. And um, we had a Tandy computer. That was the first one. I think we got it in 1995. It was one of the MS-DOS. A lot of the listeners, some of the younger ones, you know what a floppy disk is. Yes. I I was around before there was computers. (laughs) I do know what a floppy disk is. Yeah, the three and a half, uh, the slide, and then they had the five and a um, quarter. Yes, sir. (laughs) So I remember even in elementary school, a lot of people, the Dewey Decimal. The big box on your desk Yes. (laughs) So um, from migrating to that, going to technical schools, I went to South Carolina State University in 2006 at 22. Because I tell everybody, when you graduate high school, um, you really don't know what you want to do with your life. And to be honest, I barely got out of high school. I did not know I was going to graduate high school to the day of May 31st, 2002. Why was that? Why is that? I played around in school. Um, Me too. That's why I was curious if maybe there was a connection. Maybe we were doing the same thing. I, I was chasing skirts and, you know. <laughs> and you're still chasing I'm saying, well, listen, it's hater. Okay, go ahead. And I, I played around and um, I graduated high school. And now to fast forward a little bit, I tell everyone when you graduate high school, the game of life resets to zero, zero. Absolutely. You can have a GED and end up with and become a neurosurgeon because that no one correct. cares about 
um, the previous 18 years. So from going to those technical schools, trying to figure out my life. But the biggest thing was I always was standing still. I wasn't making decisions to go backwards. I was just standing still. So I went to South Carolina State University, took some of the credits from the technical schools. And in 2010, I obtained my BS in computer science. About five months later, no, I got a little slash internship job after I graduated. I got fired from that. The guy told me, don't come back. (laughs) He said, don't come back. Um, I think there was a report of where we were doing setting up computers. Um, I was approaching women. I was only I was 26 years old and they called me on my day off, just like Craig on Friday. Craig don't, on Friday. Don't, don't, don't get fired on your day <laughs> off. I got fired on my day off. <laughs> don't come back to work. And um, But lo and behold, I don't know if people still use Monster dot com, but there yes, was, there's it's, it's still big. It's still big. Yeah, there was a uh, company that reached out to me on Monster back in August 2010, and we had we were already talking. So when they fired me, I'm like, there's nothing gonna come out of this. We did the three interviews. I got that job in December 6, 2010, of being a computer programmer. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to August 24, 2011, they called me in the office. Some things happened. They said, well, we can't, we we're going to have to terminate you. And I'll never forget, that was probably one of the worst days and one of the best days. Uh, I'd look back on that now. Getting fired was one of the best things that ever happened to me because I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Okay. And after that, I obtained a government contractor job and moved through and now I'm at where I'm at now and um I uh during that time also I was going to graduate school at Webster University. What are you in graduate school for? I got, I earned an MBA with an emphasis in information technology management. I drove every one night a week to Webster because if many of the listeners, Fort Jackson is in South Carolina. Yes, where that, lot, I know where Fort Jackson Fort is. Jackson, there. Fort Gordon. Yeah. And um, they had the other local campus in Columbia. So I drove uh, back and forth there one night a week. Even after I got fired, I continued to go to school when I was working for the government contractor. So in June 2014, they let us go. They let me go because of the sequestering stuff. And I had just earned my graduate degree. And that's when I started teaching. I, I got the job, but I couldn't start teaching until December 2014. And I've been with that school ever since December 2014, and I picked up several other ones. Fast forward to August 2017, um, I went to Robert Morris in Pittsburgh. A guy that taught me in grad school said, uh, Mr. Dix, if you ever want to get your graduate degree, I recommend you go here. So every month for 23 times, we had to fly and sit in class. I flew from South Carolina to Pittsburgh. What is your version of second class? Is that like coach? Second what is second class? Because first class is everybody up front. What is second class? Coach? Coach, yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know that was okay. <laughs> we try to pretend we call it coach. We try to be coach second. We're in coach. We're not in second class. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, every month I flew up there um, and I had to do a two-week, two-year-long residency. So until the pandemic started in February 2020, we were going to school, but I finished the last two to three months online, and I graduated in May 2010, and um, I wrote my dissertation on what the, was your dissertation on? the automation of manufacturing and the potential effects on rural communities in South Carolina. And we're going to get into that later. Um, let's talk. Okay, you're a smart guy. I can tell from looking at you and hearing you talk. What do you like to do for fun? Because you're, when you're smart, things that are fun are usually, like, boring. <laughs> They're kicking the ball, and it rolls, and it goes into a little net. What um, do you like to do for fun? Travel. Yeah. Um, 
I read. I buy. I have I a do bo- read too. Yes. Well, in my free time, I'm looking. I have a book on Python. I'm reading. I'm telling you, I have weird. I'm looking up other stuff to do to make. See, here's the thing: people don't know. I'm kind of a geek, and I know these terms you're using. But for the audience, explain that term you just said. Oh, Python is a programming language. It's a class that I have to start teaching in about four weeks. And um, for fun, I live in the country, so I have a four wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I know. I'm, I'm laughing because I know because the country, you don't get on the highway. Mm-mm. You know, you're four wheeler. You go to the store, you pick up your stuff, you come yeah. back home. Yeah. I put on my helmet and down in South Carolina, as long as you have a CWP, you don't have to hide your gun anymore. Right. So I put my 40 well, on my waist. It's kind of like that here, too. In Arizona. Oh. <laughs> that Arizona is carry, conceal, whatever. It's the Wild West. So I'll ride around. I'll find country roads. Uh, as long as there's no trespassing signs, I'll ride around. I'll wear my helmet sometimes, you know, but I have it with me. That's my way of uh, relaxing. Um, but I'm trying Does to it help you process things you're trying to create or develop. Yeah. Some of my best ideas come to me while I'm driving and I'm not thinking about anything or the best ideas come to me when I'm taking a shower. Well, mine come on the toilet and um, sometimes I'm, <laughs> sometimes I'm on the phone with Laura and she gets pissed off, but it's true. That's where I create the best kind. I go, that's a good idea, but I'm on the toilet. Listen, it's what it is. <laughs> I'm just, you said to say you're in the shower. Everybody has a place where they're at peace and their ideas just pop out. So uh-huh. I get it. I get well, well pop down, or mm-hmm. I should say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes that makes sense. So do you have any favorite, uh, Sports teams, you into sports at all? I watch sports, but um, not like I used to. Um, Is it because you? It's really barbaric and simplified. I mean, if you think about sports, it's the lowest level of intelligence. You think about <laughs> these brutes that are just running into each other, <laughs> trying to outrun each other. It's the lowest level mm-hmm. of testosterone. <laughs> um, I guess right now I'm focusing all my in, uh, all of my energy to move forward, and sure. now I don't even turn the TV on some days. So. I, I watch that. sports, but not like I used to. Yeah. I mean, you're an intelligent guy, so I would imagine the things that they promote on TV would be boring to you or like, why am I even looking at this? This makes no sense. <laughs> it is, it's, but it's yeah. not designed for you. Mm-hmm. It's designed for all these other consumers because there's mm-hmm. a, it's, a lot of TV is consumer driven. Mm-hmm. So um, what is, uh, you're from South Carolina, correct? Mm-hmm. What is that like right now? Because you're in Arizona. It's sunny. It's what, probably 60, 70 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got a short sleeve shirt on. What's it like in South Carolina if we walked outside? Um, it's a little, it's cold when I, when I What's left. What's your definition of cold? Because here, cold is, it's 60 degrees. It's cold. Uh, 30, it was about 30 degrees, but I've never experienced. 30 degrees? Yeah, but I never experienced cold till I went to Pittsburgh and someone as it was negative 12. Whoa, that's cold. <laughs> that's very cold. Very cold. So, uh, yeah, cold in the South is uh, people have a pump. I, I don't I don't have I have a well um to the listeners out there. <laughs> That's a well. It's uh basically when they build a house in the country, they have a well, they'll go about they'll go down about a hundred to two hundred feet, they put a uh weld on it. And basically it has a pressure switch. So basically it'll pump water up. It's the best tasting water. It has no kind of uh flu- not fluoride. Well it doesn't have fluoride in it, it doesn't have any chemicals, it's straight, they'll find a spring in the ground. And that's your uh, source of water. So I don't have a water bill. So the water can run as much as it wants to, as long as I have power. And you have a traditional toilet. You're not going out and 
No, we have regular plumbing in the country. Below, you got to walk out to the. the but you just got to put a light in your pump house. If you're in the country, you know the the pipes freeze. Right. You know water expands. So I have to keep a floodlight on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. So, um, <clears throat> what brings you to Arizona? Um, I connected with Danielle off of LinkedIn. She's amazing, isn't she? She won't return none of my texts or direct messages or anything. But I believe she's okay. People like her. <laughs> I can. <laughs> No, Danielle's, Danielle's amazing. So, okay, so what are you here for? What you, what's your mission here? I always ask people why, because I'm into this intention thing where everything has to have an intention. So what's your intention to be in Arizona? Um, to network and connect with people. Um, sure. When Danielle and I connected, I saw, um, we connected on my page. She did a talk show, and I reached out to her at first. I thought she did it remotely, and her and I connected and talked on the phone. I said, I'll come to Arizona. And I'm one of those people. Someone says you need to come to Tokyo. I will come to Tokyo because I know you have to go to get things done. Absolutely. All of the uh, procrastinating does nothing in life. And that's why we have a lot of people in the positions they're in now. Um, When you see an opportunity, you have to take it. So I came out here to talk to Danielle and she has another friend named Shasta. Mm -hmm. I connected. Yeah, there's. Uh, another event um, that I'm going to on Friday to network with people, but also um, to get the word out about my research because I do, I still do research and I look up things, but um, to also uh, make sure that um, the word is out about if you, uh, how the world is changing, you need to have a different, you need to have a transferable skill set. 100%. All right, this is Fit Over 40, and we'll be back in one minute with Dr. Patrick Dix. All right, so Dr. Dix, you know what's funny? I noticed that sometimes when I go into a store, you have what they call the express lane where you check yourself out, and it seems like a great idea until you run into a problem or the, the camera thinks you put something in that wasn't mm-hmm. in, you got to call somebody, now you're annoyed. Mm-hmm. So tell me What's your opinion of automation and where how it's going to affect people in the white collar market and the blue collar market? Um, automation as a whole is going to be completely devastating because we are in the fourth industrial revolution. And it already was going to happen before the COVID-19 pandemic because they were already starting to have um, self-checkout areas. But with the pandemic, um, it's accelerating it um, extremely fast. And. White collar, it has the ability. I'm talking with uh, lawyers right now. They are aware of this. Um, they, one of the lawyers I know said, I know this is possibly could replace me as a lawyer. Um, yes. Really? Yep. The MLB, the last time I researched, they were testing out a artificial intelligence, um, device or some kind of a technology that can help them judge pitches better. So they were the rule that umpire could possibly have the ability to be um, replaced. I can see that. Yeah. But that could be really dangerous because you need that human element. Well, you would have a human there like a check switch, like in a code. If you go here, go here and you could have for verification, just like what they do with instant replay in yes. sports. But um, in the blue collar, they have um, I was looking the other day. They have a machine that was like building homes. Um, Yes. So. Well, they've had that for a while, but it's really just becoming. So if you're a worker sitting there thinking, I've been in construction for many years, I'm nervous hearing this, where there's a human play in this. 
what a human can become the subject matter expert and you have to figure out a part of the process that cannot be automated for instance for someone that does hair they can't automate the delicacy of cutting hair yeah because i had some robot and i had long locks and look at me now man this is terrible (laughs) yeah so i was all dreaded up looking like rastafarian and some robot came in. It's just the, pro- <laughs> the part of designing it. Um, somebody could become the subject matter expert in designing it and also becoming, as I said previously, the subject matter expert in it. So would that be similar to these self-driving cars? Yes, those are going to, for instance, um, in, t- in New York, uh, if you're a taxi cab driver, before Uber and Lyft came out, people used to have gold medallions. Um, they had the medallions um, for a taxi cab driver. So taxi cab drivers were killing themselves because they could not compete with Uber. The taxi business is pretty much going to go away. Yes. You can't compete with Uber, Lyft, right. or um, I don't know any other companies. There's, there's some other stuff, but they're not competing with Uber. You and can't Lyft compete. Dogs, yeah. You can't compete. So the evolution of the taxi cab driver is gone. Even in the turn of the 19th century, when um, we had people that were, they call it the horseless carriage was the first name for the car. The first evolution of uh, the Industrial Revolution. That's the evolution of the industrial revolution. You had people that said, well, I know how to drive a horse and carriage. That's not going to go away, but we have a car. And when Henry Ford designed the first Model T, people were like, well, you know, should we migrate to it? Should we still have a horse and carriage? Those people that did not uh, get on track with technology, they were they were um, ostracized. So that's the way the world is going. The autonomous cars. Um, I know legally. You know, having a car drive people around is uh, something. But now I don't know if UPS in Phoenix or Arizona was testing the 18 wheelers. They have the 18 wheelers to test it now. I do know now. that they are testing the drive because I have buddies and my son just got his CDL. There are dri- there are working on driverless trucks and it's they're out there right now. Yeah. So you might be driving next to a semi thinking there's a human in there, but it's yeah. it's, it's it's totally automated. But there there's been we what the, the incidences of accidents have been really low. Mm-hmm. So they they're on point with it. Even in my car, I can fall asleep and my car will drive me home if I've had if I have it in the navigation. Oh, okay. I mean, it breaks, it can uh-huh. back up. I mean, it's crazy. I haven't done it yet, but uh. I'm sure if I ever have a good time, I might be like, well, fucking let's get Autobot, <laughs> no, but the I mean, there, there's the joke about the guy who's driving the Tesla that keeps getting caught falling asleep and his car drives him home every night. Yes, and you know that technology is going to become more mainstream. Um, with people with the complaints we have now, um, you know, one of the things too is. This kind of technology has the ability to create more jobs because people have to design it, but it has the ability to take people out of the picture and exactly. see you're going to have to have the specialized skill set, the program and to, and to design that kind of technology. So if a consumer is listening, what would you say to a consumer? What should they start looking into? Is there any kind of training they could do to maybe become I don't even know what the term would be to someone who would design the the computer software to uh-huh. run a car or run a truck that drives by itself. Um, a programmer, you'll be an engineer. Um, you can be software architecture. Does that require college or is that something you could do like in a skill set, like continuing education on the side? You can uh, go to a trade. Well, you could go to a trade or a tech school to start off. And they have many certs out there to teach you programming. But all of those things have to be programmed. But this is one of the things I was looking at the other week. Artificial intelligence. Now, they're working on ways to allow AI to program to do programming. 
I programmed before. It is very strenuous. It's very stressful. So we can have a code generate 15,000 lines of code and run it in a compiler. And it gives us just three errors uh, versus a human. You have to think if I'm paying somebody $150,000 a year to be a programmer and I invest $1 million into a robot for one year. Just think about if I had 10 programmers, that's $1.5 million. We'll spend 18 to 24 months getting the kinks out. And in year three, we can license our software and sell it to other companies. Wow. That's very impressive. Um, So what have been some of the drawbacks of automation as far as people who are investing in this? What have they seen? Um, Prices. um, Because I feel like, like, you still need that human eye, even driving. Mm-hmm. Like a robot is programmed to these things happen, but a, you still want that human eye to go. This car, I, you know, you've been driving long enough to notice when you think somebody's going to veer mm-hmm. over it. You just learn these things from driving so much. So, do you think there has to be some human value in this? Because if we if people hear what you say, they go, "Well, why should we work? We should go do something different." And, well, there's still there has to be human interaction. There has to be a check. Uh, you can't just have all this run freely. But someone has to be able to still check this stuff. Um, somebody could verify. It. But for instance, if I'm in South Carolina, I work for a company over here in Phoenix. I can sit from my house in South Carolina, go through their VPN and change the software packages. That's the element of with automation. I can work from anywhere in the world and with the cloud servers and the cloud computing. So we can design a autonomous vehicle in Idaho. I can control it from South Carolina, you know, just like the military controls the drones from over here. And when they were doing the. Um, bomb drops over there in Iraq and the other countries. They were over here in the United States. Yes, same element. And people will say, well, how can, you know, I compete with that? It's slowly going to phase people out, but you have to find parts of it that you can help design or say, hey, I actually did that before. How about I become the subject matter expert and help you design that? And you can become a freelance contractor. So if I own a company of maybe... 15 to 20 employees, let's say, <clears throat> we know that we're going to automation. Is there any training or education we can find to help us prepare for this automation revolution? Because I agree with you, there was slavery, there was industrial, mm-hmm. there was uh, the, I don't know the word for the internet that mm-hmm. was built. Mm-hmm. And now we're in the automation phase. Is there any training that you recommend for people to get started on now before to be kind of be ahead of the game? Um. Your local tech school has um, courses you can take. They have big cybersecurity. Is it coding or is it just tr- just being smart on the computer? You just be smart on the computer and coding. You could do the security. You can learn how the architecture works, as I was talking about earlier, because um, they ha- AWS, Amazon Web Services, and Google now have certification programs to where you can learn. You can learn how to do these things without going to college. You wow. get the certification through them from your home. So they're planning. There are plenty training programs for students. And people that want to train change careers. Okay. Very good. All right. Good info. We'll be back after this break. Welcome back to Fit Over 40. This is Coach Clarence, and I have a special guest in the building, Dr. Patrick Dix. And he owns Dix Consulting, and they do career and educated consulting about automation. They teach you how to be prepared for the future because the future is coming. Uh, that sounds funny because it's episode 69, and hopefully you're coming when you hear this, or maybe you have had it in the background. I'm hoping for good things for you in your life. 
Anyway, Patrick, I'm so sorry if you have like some really positive people listening to you. You came to this show. Diva didn't even warn you, which is, you know, <laughs> I love me some Diva, by the way. <laughs> anyway, Patrick, let's keep talking about this subject because I think it's a good subject. Let's say you're younger and mm-hmm. shouldn't be listening to the show, but if you just happen to sneak in and listen, you're thinking, I really like computers. I'm good at gaming. I'm good at coding. Where would you direct somebody who's a young person who has your mindset now? Um, there's not a particular area. Uh, one of the things I've noticed personally with myself is your diverse skill set can afford you the opportunities to try many things. So that person with those many skill sets can actually go into designing software, mobile apps, security, etc. It depends on what they really want to do. So there's not one specific area. And I recommend to your listeners, well, if you're good at one thing, you need to find something else to jump into because we're in the gig economy. And let we just have to be honest. One source of income is not going to be suffice with how inflation and how the world is moving. Um, okay. it, you're going to need more. What is your mission? What, you know, Before you pass away, <clears throat> what do you want to leave for your legacy? What do you want people to know you for when your name comes up? Except for the great last name, but that's just, no, <laughs> to let them know, that's um, for me. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> to let them know that uh, anything is possible. Look, dig deep. Um, find inspiration. <laughs> find uh, inspiration in yourself, and to. Um, I'm sorry, man. You, get, you know I got a mess. <laughs> 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 All right, good. I'm sorry. Listen, um, to I'm dig, I need help, man. I need some new automation in my brain. <laughs> yeah, to to, to, <laughs> to let them really know life is not a game. Um, you must take everything serious, and um, you know you uh do what you have to do so you can do what you want to do. That's the biggest thing. Too many people out here doing what they want to do, and now it's the fourth quarter. One of the biggest analogies I tell folks: I play sports in high school, especially football. How life is, life is like a blitz. It's going to send more people at you than you can block. Many people get to the line of scrimmage um, and they'll see this happening. If you watch a football game, the quarterback are audible. Many people will know they're about to run and they're like, we're going to still run the same play. I said, that's why they audible. And they change the play. They know what's coming. And I've said to many people, you know exactly what's going to happen, but you still run the same play. And even with a coach, they have that big laminated card. I said they have a play for every situation. People are getting out here in the game of life like, huh, I can wing it. You can't wing this thing anymore. Those days of winging it, you know, in 2000, which was 21 years ago. Wow, that was a long. I was 16 years old. And I remember I was 36. (laughs) I remember being in high school. I remember people being in. I remember being in high school. That was as y'all, as you know, and some of your listeners, the Y two K bug. I was in high school. Yes. They're like, it's night, it's, it's December, night, yep. everything's it's about to go it's away. About go, all go away. It's gonna go down. Yeah, they, go. they they would show pictures of uh, water and everything being gone off the counter, off the uh, shelf. So those days are gone. That was twenty one years ago. You cannot wing life anymore. You're not prepared out here to win. A lot of people jump into this with, "Where's your plan? I don't know what I'm doing." I said, "You cannot run to." You cannot do anything in life without a plan. And a lot of people out here like trying to blame other folks. No, the biggest person that determines where you're going to go is the person staring back at you in the mirror. I like that. Accountability is a uh, accountability is a must. I like that. I like that. What do you see 
as being a challenge to the automation? Is it the old thought process? I mean, I know we deal with old men in Congress who don't even know how to turn on their computers. <laughs> Do you have to ever go in front of government and explain some of the concepts that you're bringing to the market? Um, That probably will happen in the next year or so. I've talked to some people about it. But um, one of the biggest hurdles is the lack of knowledge and people don't understand. I did a Zoom call um, and we're going to arrange something in April to talk to a bunch of people. People don't even know about this in the local community. They're like, what's this? This is really going to happen. And the biggest thing I tell everyone, if you don't believe this, Google on your phone, automation of the workforce, because I like to back things up with factual information. And that's going to be one of the biggest hurdles to get people on board to say, this is really going to happen. And I told the people we were trying to get some funds. I said, the biggest, this is out of any time in history, this is the biggest thing. I said, and no time has a system or a process can individually replace people. I said, this can replace both aspects of it. And um, one of the biggest analogies I used to them, I said, remember, you ever went into McDonald's? You don't have the mean cashier anymore. You have a kiosk. Kiosk. Yeah. Uh, the self-serve. And people are like, oh, they have. Well, everything is kiosk. I mean, yep. QTs. Circle K's now kiosk pretty much. You don't even have to go into the store. You can just put your card in and it walks you through everything you need to do. Yeah. And a lot of people say, oh, they have a self-service aisle. No, that's your replacement. Um, so one of the biggest things is if people do not uh, see what's coming ahead, they're like, oh, well, we could check out faster. No, that's. That- I used to think that. And now I'm like, man, I'm getting rid of somebody's job. How would you tell somebody to. From that point of view, because we've all probably had that thought in our head, like I'm mm-hmm. getting rid of somebody's job. How would you? What do you think about that? I'm I'm very blunt with people and say, look, I don't know what your career aspirations are. If you're trying to get in a rap video or trying to <laughs> do whatever, but um, I hope you have a backup plan because that That's system right. is going to replace you. And people have fought me when I've been talked about manufacturing in 2020. They're not going to replace us. When they sent everybody home in 2020, I said the big wigs were trying to figure out how not to bring y'all back to work. Exactly. Yeah. Most companies don't even have people back in their offices. Mm-hmm. I've worked. I see. I left. I had an office in 2019 and now I work from home. I don't even know what our corporate office even looks like. And mm-hmm. But then, but no, I mean, permanently get rid of people. Right. Not even right. bring you back. Period. Oh, I'm sure if there was some plan that they can <laughs> yeah. get rid of us and they don't need us and computers can do it. Although in my industry, that you need a human touch. You mm-hmm. need to interact. You need to understand things. I don't know. It could happen in the future, but maybe not right now. So. Well, yeah, that's the good thing. Certain industries, you can't automate auto- automatically, but manufacturing, um, if you look at the warehouses they build, they're full of robots that go get the packages. Yep. And I yeah, um, tell anyone, if you go online and look at YouTube, I don't know if y'all looked at the channel, Boston Dynamics. If you look at those robots, those things... Those things are, yeah, those things are on a whole nother level. I said, that's your replacement. They have the dogs. They have the robot that can do the flips. Yep. So what stops that robot from delivering packages? Yep. And um, what are the drones dropping yep. stuff? Yep. Yeah, that's in the works now because drones drop stuff now. I can see, too, one of my favorite movies. I watch all three of them is RoboCop. Yep. And, um, Although RoboCops might be smarter than some of these idiots out there with guns. So I'm good with that. Well, I, I can see. Common sense. I can see high crime areas. If I, have y'all ever seen a Google car driving around with a big camera yeah, on it? Yeah. Okay. I can see this is the potential. Uh, high crime um, places in the United States are going to be, are going to have a RoboCop, not the actual person, but license tags now have barcodes on them. Um, 
they can um your my license from South Carolina has the barcode. So Mine now barcode. they're coming on now with facial recognition. Yep. China has the facial recognition software to where um even with Interpol, with people on as international police organization, all of these things are tied together. So you have a warrant over here, these cameras are picking up your face. The same thing with the license plates. Cause now the repo people, if people don't know what that is, repossession people now can run through the neighborhoods and say, Well, because it used to be people say, I'll hide my car. You can't hide your car anymore. They can find a barcode with the tag and scan it. So that will go to the RoboCop with um, basically basically stating that it'll drive around in the neighborhood and to not prevent an officer from getting shot. Say, hey, this is a high crime area. I can send you the data. That way uh, we don't have to put anybody's life at risk. That is coming. And people are going to say, He's well, I already here. Yeah. Be honest with you. Yeah, and people are going to say, well, how is that going to, that? I said, that can replace officers. And the same way a dog or an officer sends out a distress signal, if you try to uh, take that car and um, block it in, it'll send out a distress signal. I said, they already have the satellite type, the satellite technology. I did a ride, ride along the summer with the Richland County Sheriff's Department, and I rode a shotgun. If a lot of your list, listeners don't know what that is, that, that means front seat. The passenger, seat, <laughs> the passenger seat. seat with the deputy. Yeah. And we rode through Columbia, South Carolina, and um, I actually got to see their computer systems, how the stuff works. He said they had the Axon cameras. Every time we would go do a stop or check on something, he actually uploaded video. Of everything. Everything on his. He said, man, I have to upload video. And we went and um, we went around and did some checks and everything. So. You know, I, I learned a lot from that. I have fan, family member that family members that are in law enforcement, but um, that RoboCop, that type of thing, that is something. That'll that's, have everything in his head. He'll be able to go look at somebody. Back. That guy's got a warrant. But, but we wouldn't have an actual person in the car. You would have the camera system. Yeah. The cars. This we could have this camera GPS at the circle. And circle and what it'll do, it'll beam to the satellite, send the stuff, say, oh, such and such. I got facial recognition. They got a warrant. Send it out. And people will say, well, they wouldn't invest money in that. Yes, they would. So we we you know, we are on a whole different level of technology and with the 5G stuff. um, I don't know if y'all know about the dangers of with the 5G. They probably I haven't seen any of the, the towers around here yet. What are the dangers of 5G? Oh, the radiation because with the 4G, the LTE, the long-term evolution, the towers are high. So with the 5G, they're individual antennas like in the area. They might be like that sign right there emitting that radiation that close to you. Mm. Yeah. There's smaller towers everywhere. So if people want to find you or follow you on social media, where can they find you? Let's start with Facebook. Um, I'm on Facebook, but not Facebook. Patrick Dix, I don't post anything. What about Instagram? No Instagram. Hey, you're just anti-social. What about LinkedIn? Where can I find you on LinkedIn? Uh, Dr. Patrick Dix. Okay. All right. So is there a website that people want to follow you or find out what more you're doing or find out where you're doing lectures? Um, yes. Uh, I have a card in my wallet that, uh, when we come back, is this the last segment? Yeah, if you can hand me my jacket, yes. We can. We're, we're, no one can see us, so she can hand you. He can hand you that jacket, and we're still rolling. <laughs> <laughs> and anything you want to promote, let's do it now. Uh, I'm gonna promote my uh, where I do my consultations on my. How I already know move? about that facial recognition. They do that in airports. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, 
You know what? Don't do anything stupid because they can see you. You can't even kill people anymore. Because I thought about getting rid of uh, Laura a while ago after too many episodes of. <laughs> well, the site that they can. 48 look- hours. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> I'll be busted. This is not worth it. <laughs> the site that they can locate me at is my landing page. It's drdickstar.car.co. So it's drdicks, D R D I C K S dot dot C A R R D dot C O. All right. Can you come over here really quick, Diva? And then can you get Diva in the picture? Because Diva brought this amazing person to us, and I want to give her her, her flowers. Yeah, see, she's already into her stage <laughs> voice. <laughs> so are you ready for us to take a picture? Yeah, go ahead and take a picture. Um, listen, uh, Patrick, this has been great. Um, I love your knowledge. If you could leave our listeners with one thing they could do tomorrow, mm-hmm. what would you tell them to do? Um. Stop bullshitting. <laughs> See that, Laura? I've been saying that before I met him. Could you stop bullshitting, Laura? <laughs> um, yeah, get it, get it together. <laughs> that too. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, man, I appreciate you uh, being on. You got the whole world listening. Anything you want to leave everybody with before you get off? Um, educate yourself, believe in yourself, and always remember: life is like a bank account. What you put in it is what you get out. I said that. Now I got child support. See, there you go. I'm out. I'm out. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. You can follow me on all platforms where you get your podcast. You can also follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Fit Over 40 with Coach Clarence. You can also find me on YouTube at Coach Clarence TV. Like and subscribe so that you get all the videos as soon as we drop them. And last but not least, remember the golden rule. If you can't be good, be good at it.